Hello and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of September 4th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And you look back at the week and the S&P 500 is up two and a half percent, bringing the year to date gain up to 17.61%. And you look at the sector breakdown and Every sector outside of staples down 40 basis points and utilities down 1.6% or so was up for the week. And you had some significant moves in a number of sectors, especially when you consider that this is a one-week measurement. You had materials up 3.74%, discretionary up more than 3%, energy up 3.6%, but it was all led by technology up 4.44%. And anytime you get that type of move in technology, the S&P 500 is going to have a very good week, even if you have such strong performance from other sectors. Technology leads this market. It's the largest weighting in the market, as we've talked about time and time again. And when you have that type of move in technology, you're going to have a pretty comprehensive week for the S&P 500. Communication services up 2.6%. In fact, You look at the sector breakdown this week and you try and tie it back to the economic data that we got. And I think it echoes part of what we talked about last week, where you have these mixed signals the economy is sending us. And I'll just break it down. So Case-Shiller, better than expected. Housing prices in that measurement, top 20 cities, down 1.2% versus 1.6% decline expected. Consumer confidence missed 106 versus 116 median estimate. So pretty big miss there. Then we had pending hope sales, which were better than expected. And then we got the inflation indication at the end of the week, PCE, which was basically right in line, a 0.2% for the month, 4.2% for the year. And we talk often about how that's the Fed's favorite indicator of inflation. And I think a lot of people took that as 0.2%. Monthly increase, basically very subdued inflationary pressure in the market. And then you annualize it at 4.2%, and you're still well above the Fed's target. So, again, mixed messages from inflation, mixed messages from housing and consumer confidence. And then on Friday, we got payrolls, which were better than expected. But, and this is not to nitpick here, but We had July revised lower. We've had every month so far in 2023 revised lower. So the jobs picture, while robust, isn't necessarily as clear an indication that the employment market is strong as one might expect, because part of the surge in this month's payrolls was part-time employees as opposed to full-time employees. So you're just trying to get a gauge on the health of the economy, and we know the market is not the economy and vice versa, but we've heard time and time again just how strong the employment backdrop is, how tight the job market is, and this time we got a really strong payroll sprint, largely driven by part-time employment. We also saw the unemployment rate go up because we had more people enter the workforce in the latest reading. So there's a lot to unpack there. But again, this is an economy that is good in some pockets, bad in other pockets. ISM manufacturing was better than expected. That's certainly a bright spot because as we've talked about, manufacturing has been in a recession for quite some time and the weak readings on ISM. PMIs on the manufacturing side have been at the very least pointing to weakness in that segment of the market. But all else equal, 
manufacturing is a lot less important to the market and to the economy than services is. That's just the nature of the U.S. economy. So we do get ISM services next week, something to look ahead to in a fairly light data week. But 550 or so million shares traded across select sector spider lineup. So an okay week in terms of volume for a week ahead of a holiday, which tends to be fairly light and people tend to take time off work and you don't get as much activity or as much volume as you typically would. But that's a pretty robust week of volume ahead of a holiday. And of course, as we mentioned, a very strong week for the market from a flows perspective, pretty light. 5.2 million shares net redemptions across the 11 gig sectors, select sector spiders, more than 5 million shares redeemed out of XLP and XLV. So two defensive sectors seeing money redeemed 3.6 million shares created in XLF, which, of course, is in contrast to what we've seen over the course of the past month or so in XLF. Two million shares created in energy, which is certainly not what we've seen from a trend perspective in terms of creation and redemption activity in that sector. And then 1.8 million shares created in XLU. So not all defensives saw the same type of net creation and redemption activity for the week, but by and large, not a lot to write home about in terms of relative creation and redemption activity at the sector level. Now, the sector in focus this week is materials. And part of the reason materials is the sector in focus is because it had a really strong week, up 3.74%, the second best performing sector this week behind technology, just ahead of energy. But one of the things about materials that's really interesting is that you go back over the past three months, and it's the second best performing sector over that period of time. And materials is a sector we have talked about, XLB, on this podcast, but what's leading the charge here over the past three months in XLB isn't necessarily what a lot of people would expect. Remember when the Ukraine war broke out, a lot of people were looking at the fertilizer and agricultural commodity segment as a place that might benefit from shortages and from the cutoff and sanctions on that part of the world. And you look over the past three months or so in fertilizers and agricultural commodities, which make up eight and a half percent of XLB are up just 3.25 percent. The sector's up 12 and a quarter percent or so over that period of time. What's been leading is steel and copper companies, as well as commodity chemicals companies. So interestingly, steel and copper, as a proxy for that metal segment, have been really strong over the course of the past three months. And if you look at the BCOM or commodities in general, they've had a really difficult year so far in 2023. So some of those companies starting to wake up, whether that's an anticipation of better economic activity, infrastructure spending, China's reopening, the reality is, is that what's been the best segment of materials over the course of the past three months or so are segments that had been really beaten down in the early part of 2023. But what really makes up the bulk of the materials sector are specialty chemicals and industrial gases companies, as defined by GICs. And those companies have done really well. Specialty chemicals in aggregate up 12 percent, industrial gases up nearly 11 percent over the course of the past three months. And again, we talked a little bit about how for chemicals companies, input prices are really important in terms of margins. And a lot of the inputs for specialty chemicals and for other chemical companies are things like natural gas. And natural gas prices, as you'll remember, were so high in anticipation of the world being cut off from supplies from Russia, supplies from Ukraine. And what we've actually seen is that 
natural gas prices have come down quite a bit. Europe really didn't have a winter last year. The U.S. had a fairly mild winter. And natural gas prices have been fairly weak for the bulk of 2023. And from a margin perspective, that has certainly been a benefit to companies who use natural gas as an input, including those chemicals companies. So on a go-forward basis, materials is certainly a measure of economic activity globally, especially the steel and copper segments, as are those chemical segments. So to the extent that what we just talked about in terms of confusing economic data domestically, uncertain economic backdrop globally, the question, of course, is on a go-forward basis, if we do get a reacceleration or a normalization of at-trend or above-trend economic growth globally, and, of course, China's reopening starting to gain some traction, in theory, the material sector is a place where investors can capture some of that economic growth, some of the investment, some of the capex, some of the overall investment in infrastructure and in products that ties directly to that material sector, which once upon a time was named the basic material sector and is reflective, of course, of a lot of the inputs into final goods in the global economy. So food for thought. Now, looking ahead to next week, very light week, both on the earnings front and on the economic data front. We've got ISM services, as I mentioned, which, of course, is an important economic data point, not on the level of CPI, which we'll get the following week, or PCE as we got last week, or payrolls, but certainly an insight into the temperature, if you will, of the services segment of the economy, which of course is so crucial to the U.S. economy. Well, we will hear from seven different Fed presidents this week, which is kind of remarkable when you think about just how many Fed presidents there are and how many of them are going to be speaking this week and giving their own opinions and perspectives on Fed policy, on the economy, on the trajectory of inflation and interest rates, the impact of interest rates on the economy. And likely we'll get some sound bites from some of those Fed presidents, whether it's from San Francisco, whether it's from Atlanta. The reality is, is that these Fed presidents who are at the table helping Mr. Powell make decisions are influential and their perspectives matter. And so the fact that seven of them are speaking this week will likely be widely watched by the markets. On the earnings front, we've got just two S&P 500 companies reporting this week. None of them are large in terms of their weighting in an individual sector. So nothing noteworthy there. We really are at the end of earnings season and it is winding down. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me once again. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. Hope everyone had a wonderful Labor Day holiday. Hope everyone has a wonderful week. Please visit SectorSpiders.com for all the information you need about all things sectors. Take care.